0: Think about Loha trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins!
1: alone looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives
0: one! Deep left field! Back goes Upton! Back near the wall! It's out of here! Bartolo has done it!
1: There's only one word that comes to mind. Greatness. What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. If you're listening to this, you're obviously listening to part four of our NFL season predictions, me and Jackson Powers. Uh, and let's not wait around. Let's get right into this. We're on the NFC South. Jackson, what are we talking about?
0: Well, first of all, we're talking about the Panthers coming in at 5-12. and tw- Oh, sorry, actually. I have I have the Falcons behind them at 4-13. and 13. Then we have the Panthers at 5-12. and 12. Um, Saints coming in third at seven and 10, and Bucks running away with this division at 13 and 4.
1: Me, I got the Atlanta Falcons and Carolina Panthers each at six and 11, then the New Orleans Saints at eight and nine, and the division winners, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 13 and
0: 4. All right, hopping right in, we have the Atlanta Falcons. The wide receiver core looks much weaker without Julio they have Calvin Ridley who I think is fantastic Russell Gage who I think is a little bit underrated and might have a little bit of a breakout year this year but then after that this wide receiver core falls off a cliff I'm I I really don't like the rest of this group I really do think perennial talent Kyle Pitts will be a huge solution to this passing game but I, I don't know without Julio it just it, it doesn't feel like that same Falcons team um the offensive line definitely concern without especially without injured they are um I think Mike Davis is a pretty underrated guy at that running back spot he's he's pretty old but he's been he's been getting it done he got it done last year with the Panthers when McCaffrey was out and Uh, I think there's no reason for him to get it done this year. And he has, he is in line for quite a bit of touches, considering the next guy up on that depth chart is Cordero Patterson. I am not very worried about Mike Davis's touches. If you were looking, fantasy guys, if you're looking for an underrated guy, Mike Davis is one to go to. Um, Matt Ryan seems to throw the ball quite a bit. He, He has led the league multiple times in pass attempts. And I think, um, with with how much worse his targets are this year, I think Matt Ryan is not going to have a fantastic season. Um, leading that leading the Falcons to their four and thirteen record. Moving on to the defense. Um I I really don't like what I'm seeing, particularly out of that secondary. I think the best player on that secondary is cornerback AJ Terrell, but even even then, I just I, I don't think he's good enough at all to be the best player on a secondary Uh, I I wouldn't even call him starting quality on most teams but I do like parts of that front seven I really like Grady Jarrett Dante Fowler Jr um and then those two linebackers Deion Jones and Forsade Olukun um I think this defense has like those kind of star players but all in all I think the defense is going to be pretty pretty poor this year especially at defending that passing game but um I think this, this season's kind of going to be the signal for Falcons fans that it is, I don't think the front office is really committed to that full rebuild. And I think this, this season's gonna kind of be that notification that, hi, this is, it, it's time to kind of commit to, cause it doesn't really feel like they're going all into that rebuild stage. And um, that's, that's a big mistake for the future of your team. So I think this, this season better be a little bit of a wake up call for that Falcons front office.
1: Yep. Yeah, so got the Falcons at six and 11, the offense, obviously it doesn't feel the same when you lose a guy like Julio Jones, you know, a legit wide receiver one, the guy who's been the face of your franchise. But with that being said, I don't think the offense is, is horrible. Um, you got Matt Ryan. I don't know. You know, this could be Matt Ryan's last year um, as their starter. If they end up playing themselves into a top pick, which this year they bypassed taking his replacement. They went with Kyle Pitts. Um, You got Pitts. I think he's going to be a monster. I think Calvin Ridley could. I mean, he was a beast last year. I think he could be one of the best receivers, period, um, for this upcoming 2021 season. After that, the wide receiver depth isn't exactly what you'd like to see. Uh, Russell Gage, uh, sixth rounder Frank Darby, maybe even former Virginia Cavalier, Olamide Zacarias. Uh, Not great there, but you look at the title, you got Pitts and Hayden Hurst. That's not a bad duo by any means. The offensive line isn't great, but it's not as atrocious as some of the lower tier teams we've seen. Uh, Jalen Mayfield, we'll see if he was uh, playing guard. He could play left guard, could play right tackle. We'll see. Um, but especially if he plays guard, the duo of him and Lindstrom uh, at the guard spots, not bad at all. And then uh, running backs, you know, it's not great, but also you don't you don't need an elite running back. And I, they obviously don't have that. Mike Davis, I think you're right, is a decent sleeper in terms of that he's going to get a lot of carries. Uh, but also watch out for, I think he ended up being an undrafted free agent. I, I've talked a lot about these rookie running backs, especially if you're coming after listening to uh, episode three of this. But Javian Hawkins out of Louisville, I think he really could be a guy that actually takes meaningful snaps at running back. Uh, so the Falcons offense, it's, it's, eh, there's still talent there with Matt Ryan, with Calvin Ridley, with Kyle Pitts, um, just remains to be seen. And then the defense is not good. Um, the linebackers are really the highlight of this team, Deion Jones, Foyasadaluakon. And then other than that, they got Grady Jarrett on the defensive line. Um, and the DBs, it's just, it's not, it's not a lot. They got Kendall Sheffield, Eric Harris, uh, Isaiah Oliver, AJ Terrell. They drafted a uh, Richie Grant who, who could get some meaningful snaps at safety. Um, they got, they brought him Fabian Morrell. Um, I did forget about that. Uh, but there's just the, the back half of this defense, not great. Neither is the defensive line. It's mainly those linebackers that's um, piecing together this defense. So overall, you know, just not a not a super good Atlanta Falcons team. I think 6 wins might even be a little generous for them. I think, you know, just a couple games of offensive success. They can win a couple of those shootouts, but I think they're also going to
0: lose a lot of those shootouts. Um so 6 and 11. Moving on, I have the Panthers at 5 and 12. Now they definitely have some star power on this offense. They have some areas that are really fantastic. Christian McCaffrey don't really need to talk about him. Only thing I'm going to say about him is if he does have another injury prone season, they aren't going to have a guy like Mike Davis to bail him out. They don't have depth in that running back room. Second string is Chuba Hubbard. So I'm, they, they need McCaffrey to stay healthy to keep this offense productive. That wide receiver core is stellar, but it's not deep. Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, David Moore from Seattle, who is, I can attest a very underrated guy. He's really good after the catch and I think he's going to thrive in this Panthers offense. Um they they just don't have uh, again, lack of depth in this in their their stellar position. So they better hope that those guys stay healthy because this offense is lacking quite a bit. I really do not like the the acquisition of Sam Darnold. I think that they should have gone up and I think they should have taken fields with their pick, but um, you know, they went out and got a a good cornerback in JC Horn. I just, I, I I don't think Sam Darnold is very good and there's reasons there's excuses for him because he was in one of the worst situations that any rookie quarterback could be in. But um, Sam Darnold hasn't really given us any reason to believe that this is a good quarterback that we're watching. And I think we can expect very, baseline okay production out of him maybe 3500 yards 20-ish touchdowns around 10 interceptions like very average production out of Sam Darnold just because of the the guys he's able to throw to and Christian McCaffrey um the offensive line doesn't look fantastic it's very young and I I like Taylor Moton but um jury's still out on how well this offensive line is going to produce um the defense—they have a little more potential than I think most would believe. But I think it's going to take a little bit longer for for these guys to kind of come into their own. Um, uh, the redshirt listeners know my whole spiel on rookie cornerbacks and J.C. Horn. Uh, I don't know how great he's going to be this year, but I think uh, with how highly regarded he is, he'll be he'll be a star in years to come. Uh, th- this def- I really like this defensive line. I think Hassan Reddick was a rather underrated addition for him. And then pair that with Brian Burns. And I really, really like Eter Grossmetos um, on that depth. I think he was, I really wanted him coming out of college. A little underwhelming last year, but I think he definitely has the tools to to kind of have that breakout season in his second year. Um, and I also really like Derek Brown and that inside. Uh, this is This is a young, very young defensive group. And I think if they can have even a few of these guys have a breakout year in their first or second year. This is a this will be a really good defensive group that we're gonna be looking at in two, three, four years. Um Jeremy Chin obviously was he was fantastic last year. He was maybe the best safety out of Blackman outside of Blackman last year of that 2020 rookie class. Um I just don't think this team, this defense is quite there yet. I think it has all the potential to be there in the coming years, but it's, it, it's not where the development isn't quite at not. These guys aren't quite developed enough to be a solid starting defense. But um, I think the main reason why I have these guys going five and 12 is because I'm really not sold on Sam Darnold. Uh, I think he is, despite the stuff he had going on his rookie year, I think he is a bottom five quarterback in the league. Um, maybe in terms of talent, maybe he'll put up a little bit better production this year. Like I said that very average production, but I think in terms of talent he is not good at all and I think that's going to have these Panthers at a 5 and 12 record.
1: So I think in the end how we view the Carolina Panthers is just very similar, but I think how we view Sam Darnold is very different. I think that Sam Darnold on talent is is up there. There's no doubt the talent that Sam Darnold has to me. After, you know, the flashes he showed at USC, um, you know, he put a couple stretches of games that he did with the Jets. Uh, He's shown that he has the talent, but he hasn't. I don't think he's really improved since joining the league because of such horrific coaching and such horrific offensive line and such horrific weapons. With all of that being said, I don't know if there's enough to get the ball rolling on that. Darnold can really become that franchise quarterback and the price that they paid for him felt like it resembled a franchise quarterback. Um, He has the weapons around him. There's no question that this is a much better group than anything that um, he's had. You got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. They drafted Terrace Marshall in the second round Um, brought in David Moore from the Seahawks Uh, and even running back. You got Christian McCaffrey. Need that guy healthy behind him. They drafted Chuba Hubbard. Um, who had a disappointing year last year, plenty of talent to be a decent backup. Um, the offensive line, it's not, it's not the best, but it's honestly, I mean, the more that I look at it, it's solid. You got uh, Paredes at center and Moton at right tackle. Those are two guys that, you know, good there. I think we honestly could see sixth rounder Deontay Brown possibly grab um, a guard spot. Cause when you have Pat Eflin, um, you know, possibly starting a guard, not a lot. But regardless, any of this is better than what he had during his time in New York. Ultimately, I think I think that Darnold can be successful. And I think if he's gonna do it, it's gonna be with Matt Rule and with these guys around him. But ultimately, I don't think that he's gonna be able to break through enough to merit what they gave up for him and um, to necessarily come out with a winning record. The defense is um, it has holes, but it's a lot more talented than. I, I really imagined it. You start off with Brian Burns, who I think is one of the more underrated guys, um, just pass rushers in general. Uh, Derek Brown, former first-round first round pick. Um, you mentioned Yatora Gross-Matos, plenty of talent, uh, former Penn State. Uh, Shaq Thompson, they got Denzel Perryman. Uh, they got they I believe, signed as a free agent, Patty Fisher from uh, Northwestern. He was a mainstay there. I don't know how much... He'll factor onto the roster, but I'm a big fan of his. Um, they got brought in Hassan Redick. I thought that was a really good move. And then the DBs, you got Dante Jackson and JC Horn, um, as well as AJ Boyer, Troy Pride. They got they got a lot of bodies there. So even if JC Horn falls into the dreaded Jackson rookie cornerback slump, which is very possible, um, they got guys. And then at safety, uh, like I'm a big fan of Jeremy Chin, great name. Um... So overall, I think that this can be, you know, a fairly average team. I think they could fluctuate anywhere from really four to nine wins. I think that, you know, a lot of it rides on what Darnold does. um, If a guy like Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy because they really, you you look at this team, it's not, they have some depth. It's not, not incredible overall. um, I think it's a very F team for the Carolina Panthers, but um, I hope Sam Darnold does well. I'm i I'm a big fan of his and I've, for how horrible he was set up in New York. I hope that he can find Zatis with Carolina.
0: Next up, we've got the Saints at seven and 10, and I am very, very confident about predicting that the Saints are falling off a cliff like they did or falling off a cliff from last year between having a hundred million dollars in debt. Last Cap off season is real,
1: by the way, I don't believe. It yeah, that,
0: <laughs> there you go. They, they They freed up the money but at, at what cost they've lost basically all of their wide receiving threats beside Michael Thomas, who is now going to be out for the first few weeks of the season and having, I, I think probably the worst draft last year out of anyone. I am prepared to say that this team could very well have had the worst offseason of all time that this, this, this roster looks so much worse than it did in 2020 and 2019. Um, so, right now on the depth chart, Jameis Winston is listed as the quarterback one. But Taysom Hill is taking first team reps. So um, it's gonna be interesting to see who they throw out there. But I think this offense will be pretty bad no matter what. I do like that offensive line, but the, the pass catchers, pass catchers are so bad, especially with, with Michael Thomas out. I really like Michael Thomas, I'm really high on him, but Everyone outside of him, I mean, Traquan Smith, eh, Deontay Harris, special teams guy, Chris Hogan, Wash, Ty Montgomery, whatever, Um, but one guy I am really high on, and this is not entirely my take, a little credit to the Stay Hot Pot here, Um, go listen to them, but Marquez Calloway, Uh, I've watched a little bit of film on him, he is a fantastic contested catch guy, he's undrafted, um, when Emmanuel Sanders on this team, he was he he's been raving about him, nothing but positive comments for Marquez Callaway. Um, I do I would not be surprised if he is going to be the wide receiver one while Michael Thomas is gone. And I think um, considering that contested catch, he's kind of that contested catch deep ball guy. Um, I think Jameis, especially if Jameis Winston ends up becoming that quarterback one, I think he'll have no problem finding him. Considering the last time we saw Jameis Winston in a starting role. He threw deep to a fault where he ended up throwing 30 interceptions. Um, but I think Marquez Calloway will be a highlight pass catcher on this offense while Michael Thomas is gone. Um, I also think Alvin Kamara is going to have a 1,000-yard a rushing, 1,000-yard receiving season like McCaffrey did in 2019. Everything is pointing his way. He is probably the only competent skill position guy on this offense outside of Marquez Calloway. Um, excluding Michael Thomas just because of his injury. Um, but I think Kamara is is absolutely primed to take an, a massive, massive workload, especially in the beginning of this season. Um, and behind the, the stellar O-line that the Saints have, one of their only real strong points on that offense, I think Kamara is going to have a fantastic season. I think he's going to win Offensive Player of the Year. I'll say that now, but um, moving on to their defense, uh, I I like those exterior defensive linemen. Cameron Jordan is obviously Cameron Jordan. He's he's a he's a star. Uh, Marcus Stavenport is good. He's not anywhere near Cameron Jordan, but he is a good defensive lineman. Uh, I like Demario Davis. Quan Alexander hasn't quite paid off for him yet, and I think Zach Bond is a little bit of a bust, but. I the, the secondary is I think a little bit overrated. I think Lattimore and Marcus Williams are good, but I really don't think Malcolm Jink. I think Malcolm Jinks is just a little bit old, and then they don't really have, you know, Patrick Robinson, C.J. Gardner Johnson. That they don't really have that that next that that next cornerback, and I think this that's really going to be a bleeding hole in their secondary secondary because teams can. This happens a lot when, when teams have one really good cornerback and then one that's not so good. And I think they're just going to be throwing the way of whatever cornerback is not Marshawn Lattimore. And so, um, yeah, that's why the, after making the playoffs last year, winning their division last year, actually, uh, I have the Saints falling all the way to 7-10. and 10.
1: Yeah, so Saints are a weird team. Um, like I said, the cab space is not real. I don't understand how they could possibly um, work under what was it? 90 to a hundred million dollars in debt, you know, but that, that's another discussion for another time. Uh, The quarterback position, I'm not that worried about regression in the sense that, um, you know, drew what drew Brees was last year, even, and he was injured at times too really isn't what we know drew Brees as and what we'll remember him for. Um, I think Jameis Winston, is going to take advantage of the second opportunity provided that he's the one that is the starter. And I think he can be a franchise caliber quarterback for Sean Payton um, around him. It's interesting. I think I echo everything you said about Avin Kamara. There's, you know, he has the opportunity to have an absolutely monster year. They're going to rely on him a lot, both running and in the past game, as you said, um, behind Michael Thomas, who's going to be, who's going to miss some time. There aren't a lot of surefire weapons. I mean, Traquan Smith, you, you were raving about Marquez Calloway. Um, if you look at the tight end spot. I think Adam Trotman's an interesting guy to look forward to. Um, possible breakout candidate after I believe he was their third rounder um, out of, I think, Dayton, which I remember that being surprised by that. Um, and one key thing that you have going for um, whoever's under center at quarterback and just the flow of the offense is that offensive line, which is set up super well. Uh, Teron Armstead, Andres Peak, Eric McCoy, uh, the first rounder last year, Caesar Ruiz, and then Ryan Ramshack. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a potent offense, but I think when you have Michael Thomas healthy, um, even you know, even if you can hone, you know, even if Thomas is your only prime, your only big time weapon, and even if you know that Kamara is going to be getting s- so many touches, the talent of those two and they're on this on the field at the same time and the, with the way that I think Winston can succeed. Um, I think the offense can hum when they're all together overall being a competent unit. Uh, the defense it is, it's not, you know, I, I don't know. It's there are kind of levels to this defense. You got Cameron Jordan. Um, you got Marcus Davenport, which who they're still, you know, saints still kind of waiting on him to break out. They also drafted Peyton Turner with their first rounder, which was definitely one of the bigger reaches this year. Uh, you got Zach Bond, linebacker, Demario Davis, former New York Jet. It, they drafted Pete Warner, um, the long, long stay at uh, Ohio State. I don't know. It's just the front seven. It's not great. It's not super deep. Obviously, Cameron Jordan's Cameron Jordan. And I think Marcus Davenport has a chance to take a step forward, but it's not um, not one of the better units. I, I like their DBs a lot. Um, you start off with Marshawn Lattimore. I loved their signing of Brian Poole as someone who's had to watch the Jets, you know, these really bad Jets teams. Um, Brian Poole has been one of the best slot corners in football the last couple of years. And you don't hear about it because he's a jet. Um, and the Jets are horrible always. Um, it'll be interesting to see who starts at the other um, cornerback spot. Um, not in the slot. They signed Prince Mukamara. They drafted Paulson Adiba, who I'm a big fan of, um, so they got some options there. The safety duo of Malcolm Jenkins, uh, Marcus Williams, as well as Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I, I like that group. Um, and overall, I think this is a pretty solid New Orleans Saints team. Um, it's just a matter of when I compare them to um, other, you know, possible wild card teams. When you look at, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, um, maybe even a team like the Chicago Bears or any of the NFC West teams, I don't know if I really like them enough to put them over 500, put them at 10 wins, that kind of thing. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see the saints in the postseason. season, but for me, I have them going eight and nine.
0: Next up, I have the bucks um, s- destroying this division at 13 and four. Um, I'm not going to talk about the bucks too much just because of how long I raved on about the saints and how similar this team is to last year. I think this is basically the same team as last year. They've got almost all of the same starters back. Um, I think you have to predict Brady to fall off at some point in his career, but I I don't think, I'm not gonna predict that just because of how long he has been proving people wrong in that sense and how well that this offensive scheme is set up for him to rarely ever have to surpass his limits. Uh, I think Brady is going to continue putting up production at a high level. Um, that front seven is so good. I think, I think uh, you could consider ev- almost everyone, if not everyone, on that front seven a star player. That is, in my opinion, the best front seven in the league. I think um, the part where they're not so good at, I'm not even going to call it a weakness because it's, it's not weak it's just probably their worst positional group on the field. It's, it's that secondary. Um, I like Sean, Sean Murphy, Bunting Carlton Davis is solid, but um, he's a little bit burnt toast sometimes. And I, that safety group is again, solid, but solid with how high of a bar there is for this team. Solid. Isn't solid. Isn't going to be viewed as like a good group on that team. So Bucks 13 and four expect everything that we saw last year. Um, I'll, I'll kick it to Jeremy from here.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's only so much to say about the Bucks that hasn't been said um, you start off with the offense. I think Tom Brady, I mean, he had a great year last year. I still wouldn't really consider him within the top elite level quarter quarterbacks at this point in his career, but regardless, the guy's getting it done. Um, has all the talent in the world around him the running back room uh Ronald Jones Leonard Fournette Keyshawn Vaughn um all those guys are serviceable um you know you don't that's one of the biggest things that I buy into is that you don't need a big money running back to win a title in fact the last about decade plus has shown that teams that win Super Bowls have running backs on low level contracts it's 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 a fact um and that's not to say a team – that's a sole reason not to take a team with a good running back to win a title. Um, it's just what the data has shown. Uh, but you got, you know, those rotational backs, that works. Tight end, you got three guys. You got Cameron Brate, uh, Rob Gronkowski, and O.J. Howard, all possible of producing. Um, pretty good offensive line. You got Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen, uh, Tristan and I don't know who will be starting at right guard, but um, – Overall, good line. They have great weapons. You have Antonio Brown back, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, uh, Scotty Miller, and then they drafted Jalen Darden, who I don't know how he's going to get playing time, but he will, and probably a similar role as Scotty Miller Um, is kind of like a speed change of pace type of guy. Uh, overall, that offense is really good. Um, I will say I didn't like the Kyle Trask in the second round pick. It didn't it didn't make a lot of sense to me when you could have gotten a guy that's not a quarterback in the second round. I don't know how I feel about tracks moving forward, but you can only nitpick the defending champs so much. And then the defense is crazy. The front seven, like you said, you got Ndamukong Sue, William Golston, Vita Vea, Jason Pierre, Paul. Then they drafted Joe Tryon with their first round pick too. Uh, Devin White, I think is a, on the verge, if not already a superstar. Levante David, Shaq Barrett, um, it's crazy. And then you got the DBS. It's not the best group in football, but the safeties, you have a great um, duo of Antoine Winfield Jr. and Jordan Whitehead, as well as Mike Edwards, is a solid third. Um, Carlton Davis, inconsistent, um, I will give, but overall, solid option. Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy, Bunting, um, Ross Cockrell. Overall, there's just a lot to like about this Tampa Bay team. And I, I don't think it's a question they're winning this division. I have them at 13 and four um, NFC South uh, awards. Let's do it.
0: Um, my MVP, not a quarterback, but Alvin Kamara. And I think um, that's just because the quarterbacks outside of Tom Brady in this division are a little bit lackluster. And I think just based on how much Kamara is going to be carrying this offense and how easy Tom Brady's job is in that Bucks role. I think Kamara, especially if you're going by the definition valuable, I think Kamara is the most valuable player to their offense, more valuable than anyone in the league, I might add, just because of how, how bad that offense is outside of him. So I have him in my MVP spot. Offensive player of the year, Christian McCaffrey. Um, he's stellar and I expect him to get touches from Sam Darnold, but I think is going to be better. Defensive Player of the Year, Levante David. Um, some people might even argue that he is not the best linebacker on his team, but that that is that's just how good that that Bucks linebacker core is. And I think um, if anyone's going to be able to step it up or anyone's going to be able to highlight that that linebacker core, he will. And so I have him comeback Player of the Year, Chris McCaffrey, um, riddled with injuries in twenty twenty. Uh, I think I think he's definitely ready to to come back from that injury offensive rookie of the year Kyle Pitts not another there's no other option for who you could put it offensive rookie of the year for how like I said a little bit of an overused term but he is a generational talent he is quickly going to insert himself into that top 10 maybe top five tight end conversation and I think he is definitely the best rookie in this division defensive rookie of the year JC Horn um, I don't know how I felt about the rest of the defensive rookies in this division and how I feel about, uh, rookie corners. I, I think he's just the highest regarded prospect. So, so I have him there offensive breakout player of the year, Marcus Calloway. I already raved for him when he was with the saints, um, defensive breakout player of the year, Hassan Reddick. You could already argue that he has broken out but I think a lot of his success last year came from that that five sack game and I think um, this year he's going to prove to be a little bit more of a consistent edge rusher and kind of spread those stats out and I think he's definitely going to be a valuable piece coach of the year Bruce Arians when there is a six win difference between the winner of this division and the team in second that there's no there's no other option Bruce Arians is absolutely the coach of the year in this in this division yeah um so I'm gonna call a little bit of an audible
1: um you see f- football pod good football reference um my MVP and I really thought about it it's got to be Alvin Kamara and you met you really sold me on it because I was just thinking of McCaffrey's back McCaffrey's back McCaffrey's back but you're right that Alvin Kamara is really gonna have all the opportunities in the world to, you know, play like the best running back in football this year. So Alvin Kamara, I'm going to have his MVP. Um, I'll take CMC as Offensive Player of the Year. Um, if he's healthy, you know, same thing, where he can get it done on the ground, um, you know, receiving. He's, he's the total package. Defensive Player of the Year, Devin White. Like I said, if he's not already a superstar this season, he'll ascend to that level. He's that good. And like you said, there's an argument he might not even be – you know, the best linebacker on his team. That's just the way that this Bucks team is built. Um, offensive Rookie of the Year, Kyle Pitts. I think he's awesome. And if nothing else, the only other, like, offensive rookie that I think has any, like, the only other offensive rookie that I feel like I mentioned in this entire thing was Jalen Darden and, like, Frank Darby. And I don't see either of them being Offensive Rookie of the Year caliber. Um, defensive Rookie of the Year, J.C. Horn. Uh, again, like, there weren't, a lot of other great options. Uh, if I'm picking between, it felt like it kind of came down to two rookie quarterbacks between Paulson Adebo and JC Horn. And I think if nothing else, Horn is going to start and get consistent playing time. So Horn there. Offensive breakout player of the year. Uh, I'm taking Jameis Winston. I think that Winston can prove himself to be a franchise caliber s quarterback for the Saints that so the Saints don't have to go out there move up, draft a quarterback or scour the open market to get a guy. I think that he can be their quarterback and that they can build around him for the future. Sticking with the Saints defensive breakout player of the year, uh, Marcus Davenport. We'll see if he actually goes, you know, if this prediction comes to fruition, but if nothing else, I think it's kind of put up or shut up time for Davenport. I think if he doesn't produce, I don't, you know, I think his time is limited. So I'll say that he's the breakout player in this division. Um, comeback player of the year, Christian McCaffrey, just, you know, coming back from injury. That's kind of the tune of this award. And then coach of the arts, Bruce Arians. There's no question. Um, and then some takes Jameis Winston, like I said, I made clear proves himself as the franchise quarterback. And I think Calvin Ridley is going to finish top three in receiving yards this year. Um, I think the Falcons aren't going to win that many games, but I think You're going to see a lot of games, uh, you know, some stats, stat sheet stuff for kind of games. Like like I think Matt Ryan's probably going to be up there for yards, pass attempts, that kind of thing. And that's going to be, you know, help facilitate another incredible season for Calvin Ridley. Um, So that's the NFC South. We are almost done. We're to the NFC
0: West. All right. This division is... Very clearly the best in football, which which makes me love and hate to be a fan of a team in this division. Um, I'm going bold here. I don't have a team under 10 wins in this division. Uh, I have uh, the Niners losing the tiebreaker. So I have them at last at 10 and seven. Uh, The Cardinals right above them also at 10 and seven. Um, My Seattle Seahawks at 12 and five and the Rams taking this at 14 and three.
1: Yep. So for me, I have the Arizona Cardinals in last with a horrific record of nine and eight. Um, then the San Francisco 49ers at 10 and seven, the Seattle Seahawks at 12 and five and the Rams winning the division with
0: 13 wins. Kicking it off, we have the 49ers and this, this depth chart looks really similar to to how it was in that 2019, uh, Bowl loss season. But, um, they have Jimmy G. They've already announced Jimmy G is going to be that week one starter. And uh, I'm not even sure if Trey Lance will see the field this year just because of um, how conservative Kyle Shanahan is kind of with his coaching style. He It just kind of seems like a more Kyle Shanahan move. Um, I think if he does see the field, it will not be until a decent way into the season, at least around six games or so. But um, I, I think just for Trey Lance to develop, I think Jimmy G is kind of going to be uh, their, their guy moving forward for that first part of the season. And, and I'm not too sold on his play, but I, I do really like the rest of this offense. He's in a great situation. Um, Raheem Mostert was kind of injury riddled last year, but he, he's probably the fastest running back in the league. And with the running back depth that they have, um, you know, they drafted Trey Sermon this year. Uh, Wayne Gallman, who they went and got from the Giants. And then Jeff Wilson, who produced for him last year, And the schemes, the schemes that Kyle Shanahan is putting up here are so elite to watch on tape. It's, it's, it's really on par with with Sean what Sean McVay was able to do with Todd Gurley, and I, I really like the, the situation that they're putting Garoppolo in, stemming from those run schemes. But then, you have guys who I think are pretty primed to break out in Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. I think they're kind of the next um Lockett and DK they're, they're just a strong two wide receivers and there's there's not much else in that in that wide receiving core outside of those two and I think those two are really going to have a stellar year and then George Kittle in my opinion the best tight end in the league but I think an argue, argument could be made for Kelsey and I do think Darren Waller will insert himself into that conversation after this year But I think Kittle is the best tight end of the league just because he can do everything that Kelsey does on that receiving end. But um, he is objectively a better blocker. Kittle is a really good blocking tight end. And then this offensive line looks really, really solid. They went and got Alex Mack, who's a little bit old, but, you know, he's he's still got a little bit left in the tank. Uh, Mike McGlinchey, early first round pick a few years ago, and I think he. Hasn't quite broken out to his full potential yet, but we'll see if he gets there this year. And I think Trent Williams has a case for the best left tackle in the league and maybe even best offensive lineman in the league. He is a nightmare to face coming off that edge. And the this whole offense really outside of that quarterback spot looks really, really solid. And then this defense just looks elite. That front seven is a super similar roster uh, as to what it was in that 2019 run, except they added Javon Kinlaw, and, you know, they lost um, the linebacker, Quan Alexander. They lost Quan Alexander, who was a pretty crucial piece to that defense. But I think um, that's the really only weakness in their front seven is Aziz Al Shayer. But, I mean, Fred Warner, top two linebacker in the league. I, I still got to give that edge to my guy, Bobby Wagner. But uh, Dre Greenlaw, developing rookie – or, sorry, not rookie, developing um, young player – and then Nick Bosa coming back off that injury. Eric Armstead is one of the better interior defensive linemen in the league, and uh, you know D. Ford is a proven veteran. And then that secondary, Jimmy Ward is one of the most underrated safeties in the league. He he led the league in um, the least missed tackles in terms of percentage last year. I think it was I think it was sub two percent if I have that right, which is stellar, fantastic tackler off that safety spot. Uh, Jaquisti Tart is another good guy in that safety position. Jason Verrett, I think, is top 10 caliber cornerback. I don't know if he's quite in that top 10, but I think he's there. And then I think k Williams is kind of that only hole in their secondary, but I think this Niners defense looks very elite. And um, just because they play, I, I think I could give them a higher record if they didn't play in the NFC West, but this division is, is so good. And so um, that's the only reason why I have them coming at last, but they're, they're making a wild card at 10 and seven.
1: That's what I really think all four of these teams in a normal division could win the division. And it's just crazy um, how loaded this, this division is like, I really think even if one of these teams, you know, plays super poorly, you know, their worst possible, like, I still think, that like no, you know, last place, six, seven wins would be like the the worst, the worst. Um, And my last place team is the Arizona Cardinals. And as I just kind of made clear, it's not indicative of that. They're a fourth place team. It's a matter of the talent in the division. Um, Kyler Murray at quarterback. I'm a big fan of his. I think, you know, he has all the tools to be an incredible quarterback um, in terms of, you know, he himself, what he has to offer. And I think the offense around him. The running back group, they let go of Kenyon Drake. Now it's the duo of Chase Edmond and James Conner that'll be their primary running backs, um, which isn't one of the better duos in the league, but I think it's competent enough that you don't need that strong running game, especially um, with the threat of Kyler Murray on the ground. Uh, Weapons-wise, they got some guy named DeAndre Hopkins back from last year, um, as good as ever. You still got Christian Kirk. Uh, Still got Andy Isabella. You sign A.J. Green. Um, You know, we don't know exactly what's in the tank for him, but, you know, he's still A.J. Green. You draft Rondell Moore, it'll be interesting to see how they play him. He can be a little bit of a gadget guy um, for Cliff Kingsbury to play with. So we'll see. I mean, it's interesting. Um, And have we heard anything about Larry Fitzgerald officially, if he's playing or not? He, Larry Fitzgerald
0: is retired.
1: Okay. So, so I, I remember hearing some rumors that maybe he was thinking about coming back, but it sounds like, it sounds like he's sticking with that. Okay. Yeah.
0: If, if, if I'm not wrong, I think there might've even been like a false report saying that he had retired before he did. And, um, but no, it, Larry Fitzgerald is officially retired.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, I just wanted to make sure. Cause I've seen some, some stuff about him possibly playing this year. Regardless, um, they have the tools on offense. Not a great offensive line, albeit I liked them getting um, Rodney Hudson from the Raiders in a very bizarre move. But other than that, um, DJ Humphreys, Calvin Beach, and those aren't great. You know, I, I don't know how I feel about those tackles. I don't love the offensive line. And you don't need a perfect offensive line when you have a mobile quarterback like Murray. But I definitely think that that's a weak spot that kind of, you know, with, with how talented this division is, it's going to be. You know, I'm going to be nitpicky about certain things. That offensive line is definitely something that they have um, that kind of puts them a little below. The defense, uh, they added J.J. Watt, obviously. Uh, They have Chandler Jones. I think you can look for uh, Isaiah Simmons to kind of find some form this year, hopefully um, finding that spot for him that works the best, whether that's uh, inside linebacker, outside linebacker safety. Um, Find the role that he's going to fit in. They drafted Zaven Collins um, out of Tulsa. I think he can be a difference maker early on. Um, the DBs you got Malcolm Butler. They drafted Tay Gowan, Marco Wilson, James Wiggins. They drafted a bunch of guys. Um, obviously, you got Byron Murphy at uh, safety. You got Buddha Baker, um, uh, Deontay Thompson. There, there are a lot of names. I don't. They got a lot of guys um, in the DB group. But outside of, you know, B- Buda and Murphy, it's not, it falls off in terms of production. Overall, though, I think this is a pretty solid team. I think the offense, um, I think it's going to be a lot like last year where there's some games where it's really firing on all cylinders. They're scoring 40 points and then other games where they're kind of stifled and um, struggling partially because of a tough offensive line and just kind of the lows of a 17 game season. Uh, but overall, it's a pretty good Arizona Cardinals team that's just kind of unfortunate to me in the situation they are. So nine and eight, um, which is somehow last place.
0: Next up, I have the Arizona Cardinals, which Jeremy just touched on. And I think the only spot on this team where he and I really differentiate is how we view that offensive line. And I think this offensive line looks much, much better. Um. I'd like DJ Humphries at that left tackle, you know, they went out and got one of the best centers in the league and Rodney Hudson, Kelvin Beachum, Justin Pugh, this offensive line. I, in my opinion, definitely looks better than it did last year. And I think it's going to be huge for Kyler Murray, who towards the end of the year, his, his production kind of piddled out because of a shoulder injury. But, but I think this year he is ready to play kind of how he did at that first, first midway point in the season. But, um, one of my bold predictions—it's not even this that bold—but I think James Connor. Uh, I don't know who's gonna, who the day one starter is going to be, but I think James Connor will kind of run away with that starting job. Because I think Chase Edmonds is good, but I think James Connor is a much better fit. A than he was in that Pittsburgh offense, he was kind of just used as a crutch because Big Ben was incompetent. And B, he's a much better fit than Kenyon Drake was last year, which is part of the reason why Cardinals. Didn't have a fantastic running game last year, but they were kind of bailed by that Murray Hopkins connection. And I think their, their offense is going to be much more versatile with that signing of James Connor. Um, the wide receiving core is anything but deep. You know, they've got, they've got top two wide receiver in the league, Deandre Hopkins, but outside of that there, I guess, Christian Kirk, but I not sold on AJ green, Andy Isabella, any Rondell Moore, any of those guys. I really don't think that this wide receiver core is going to be anything special outside of DeAndre Hopkins. Um, this front seven looks really good. You know, they they had a good pass rush last year with Chandler Jones, who it, Ch- sorry Chandler Jones, who is not happy with the team right now. And as a Seahawks fan, I'm really praying they end up trading him because he is so good. And they, they have that on their defensive line and then go out and add future Hall of Famer JJ Watt, who is this, this defensive line looks so particularly that exterior, the, the, the interior has a little bit left to be desired, but that exterior defensive line looks so good. And then um, they had first round pick last year, Isaiah Simmons, who pretty underperforming, a little bit of a bust, but we'll see if he can bounce back this year. First round pick this year, Zaven Collins, and Marcus Golden. So lots of low floor, but a high, very, very high ceiling on this linebacker core. So only time will tell how well uh, they end up there. Um, I am not as sold on this secondary as most people are. I think Buddha Baker, um, he's in the same boat as Tyron Matthew. I think both of them are two of the most overrated safeties in the league. He's, he's not a very great tackler. He His coverage numbers... Uh, Jamal Adams, obviously a Seattle safety who had pretty poor coverage numbers and Buda Bakers were at that level. If not worse, I, I, I think Buda Baker is so overrated. Um, and then Malcolm Butler kind of, kind of old news. The secondary doesn't really have anyone that special. I guess Buda Baker is special, but I still think he's so overrated. Um, and I think that's really going to be the, the weak point in this, this defense. I think that the secondary last year, especially with Patrick Peterson at cornerback, was really good. They defended the deep ball really well. But I think that the defending that passing game is going to be a huge struggle for the Cardinals, which is why I have them at only 10 wins.
1: Yep, so next for me, I got the San Francisco 49ers, and that that's what you already heard Jackson talk about them as I talked about the Cardinals for you, it's kind of just the nature of how we do it. But um, I think we've really seen throughout this, there are a lot of times where Jackson and I agree on some things, um, and there are times where we disagree, and I think that's what makes a phenomenal podcast. So, Jackson, I appreciate that. Um, for San Francisco 49ers, um, one of those teams uh, that I've talked about that I think um, you take out the quarterback position. I think they're really one of the best, best teams in football. But with Jimmy Garoppolo starting the year, um, I'm a little hesitant on them. But I think that I'm totally bought in on Trey Lance. Like if, you know, if Jimmy Garoppolo, we know he's going to start. We know he's probably going to play a couple games. But even at that, he's, he's injury prone. And I just don't think he's that good. I think it's a, very similar to the way that Jared Goff Um, any sort of success, I think, was really a product of being in a McVay system. And I think you can say a lot of the same for Garoppolo being with Kyle Shanahan. But I think that if you get Trey Lance inserted in the, you know, hopefully, I hope it's the first half of the season, even if it's midway through or the back half, I think Trey Lance is going to absolutely explode. I love the talent on him. I, I know he's young. that might Some people might think that means he's a little raw. But I think that he's so talented in terms of his arm in terms of his playmaking ability in terms of what he can do with his legs um and i think this offense is set up perfectly for him i think giving shanahan a mobile quarterback is going to be awesome uh running back wise you have to imagine raheem Mostert's the main guy but the way that they do it um expect to see touches for their third rounder trey sermon their sixth rounder uh, elijah mitchell as well as wayne gallman um receiving wise I love the duo of Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Obviously, as an ASU guy, I've always loved Brandon Ayuk, and I think what he did his rookie year really showed the kind of guy he can be and how great of a fit he is um, for the Shanahan team. Behind him, not you know, behind those two, not a crazy amount of wide receiver depth. Um, you got Muhammad Sanu, Jalen Hurd. Um, I think they, I think they actually have Kevin White, too, former, I believe, top ten pick with the Bears. Um, but wide receiver, that's good. And especially when you factor in uh, the production you're getting from tight end, George Kittle, um, you can argue if he's one, you can argue if he's two. Um, he's an absolute force. And I think a full healthy season for George Kittle will go a very long way for the San Francisco 49ers team. And then you go to their offensive line. They have a good offensive line. Trump Williams, Alex Mack, Mike McGlinchey, um, Lincoln Tomlinson. I like what they're doing with that offensive line. I think this offense all around the quarterback spot is very good. And I think if slash when Trey Lance is inserted, I think that they're going to be absolutely humming one of the best in the league. And that gets us to the defense, which is awesome. Um, You got Eric Armstead, you got D Ford. um, They picked up uh, Maurice Hurst, Nick Bosa, Javon Kinlaw. um, So much going on there. then you go looking at some linebackers, Drake Greenlaw, um, Fred Warner is one of the best in the league. I think he's one of the more underrated players in terms of the way that he's just leads that defense. He is that guy. Um, Samson Ibukam from the Rams, um, go to their DBs. Their DBs aren't great, but that's also kind of the scheme that the, the it's the way that the 49ers operate. It's kind of, I've learned a lot about it as Robert Sala joins the New York jets is, um, putting the focus on the front seven and mainly just having competent uh, DBs. And I think they've done a pretty good job of getting guys that can do that. Um, Jason Verrett, Dante Johnson, uh, Kawan Williams, safeties, Jimmy Ward, um, drafted Talanoa Hufunga in the fifth round. They definitely, you know, there's there's some room to improve um, on the back half, but with how dominant that front seven is, that's how it works, is you have fine, if you have fine cornerbacks, um they their game is kind of elevated due to that pass rush and um success in the front seven so overall this 49er team uh, I i them at 10 and 7 i think they're a super good team and i honestly think that if trey lance was starting day one um i'd maybe even bump up this win prediction one or two because i'm i'm all on lance like i think um obviously i think trevor lawrence is the inside track to rookie of the year because if nothing else he should play every single game. But I think if Trey Lance was playing every single
0: game, um, I think he would be my rookie of the year pick. Okay. Taking second in the division, I have my Seattle Seahawks Go Hawks! 12 and five. Yeah, go Hawks. Um, so the, the recent trend with the Hawks is that through the first half of the season, they look fantastic. Russell Wilson looks like the MVP every year. Um, You know, Seahawks are, they they typically make it, they sometimes make it to number one at least once in in some major power rankings and then fall off the face of the earth towards the end of the season. And I think um, that, that particularly stems to the offense, but I think a lot of that reason why is because we ran such a vanilla scheme that the scheme that we were using in 2019 and 2020 made it really hard to unleash the potential of all the talent that Seattle has on that offense. I mean, you got um, top five quarterback, easy Russell Wilson. And then you got Chris Carson, uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and then a, a much improved O-line after getting uh, right guard, Gabe Jackson from Oakland, excuse me. Um, Seattle fired their offensive coordinator this last year and went and got a product from Sean McVay. They went and got Shane Waldron and, if if Shane Waldron can do anything like at a similar level to McVeigh, then I think this this team is going to be able to put up that that MVP type um, start of the season for a full sixteen games. I am so excited because um, the the issues where we really started to fall off, it, teams were able to figure us out because all all Seattle did was go run the ball, run the ball, go deep. We, we basically had two plays, run the ball, go deep, and then just kind of branched off of those two ideas. But um, looking at the route trees, we we really didn't utilize Metcalf at all other than the go route. And then Lockett was just kind of that underneath guy. And I think Waldron is quite a bit more creative than that. And, and I think with, with how much talent is on this offense, plus, a little bit better of an O-line, I think this offense is going to look fantastic. And then this defense towards the end of the year looked really good. The the defense in the beginning of the year was historically bad. And it it really seems like Seattle can never find that the stretch of a good defense and the stretch of a good offense together at the same time. But um, I I really have confidence that this defense is going to look pretty good in 2021. We've kind of bolstered that defensive line a little bit. We got Carlos Dunlap, who played really well for Seattle uh, during that halfway point in the season when they got him. They went out and signed the Niners' sack leader last year, Kerry Heider. They have Puna Ford on that interior, who's a very underappreciated run stuffer. Um, And then that linebacker core, you've got Bobby Wagner, who is, in my opinion, the best linebacker in the league. And then up-and-comer Jordan Brooks, who had a pretty solid rookie year last year. Um, the secondary is where this team starts to fall apart a little bit because Jamal Adams, he did not look good by any means in coverage last year. And I think, um, a lot of that stems from his injury issues, but he, his coverage was bad. I'll put it, it was so bad. Um, he has shown when he was with the jets that he can be good at coverage. He has really good coverage numbers when he was with the jets but but he was flat out bad last year in coverage and um i think that the nickname blitz boy was a little bit fitting because his only real production came from sacking the quarterback he was our sack leader with nine and a half sacks um Quandre digs pairing alongside him really good i really like Quandre. Quandre, he's a hard hitter and pretty good in coverage but but the cornerbacks is really where i start to trip up DJ Reed, he's pretty undersized, but he's good in coverage. He can kind of run with the best of them. It's just he gets bullied a little bit by those contested catch guys. And we went out and got Akilah Weatherspoon from San Fran, who had a good year in 2019, but then uh, had quite a bit of injuries, and he never really produced at all in 2020. And then we Seattle went and drafted Trey Brown who was kind of similar to DJ Reed where he's undersized, really good footwork, really good coverage, but he just gets bullied by those big contested catch guys. Um, I think in order for this team to be able to win a division, Seattle just has to kind of keep those, those big stretches for a full season. And obviously Russell Wilson is not going to be throwing 6,000 yards or 5,500 yards. Like he's been on pace to do in the past, but as long as we can keep a solid offense and a solid defense for a full 17 games, this team has nothing to worry about, and they will be making the playoffs with a 12 and 5 record.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk too much about the Seattle Seahawks, considering you gave as much insight as possible, considering you're obviously um, a Seahawks guy and I don't want to say anything. you know that's not true. But you look at the Seahawks, and it's a lot of the same. I think they've done a good job of improving in certain parts. I think um, getting rid of – it was Brian Schottenheimer that was the previous offensive coordinator, correct? That's correct. Yeah, I think it, it was time to move on from him. Uh, And you look at this offense. You got Russell Wilson. That's the great place to start. Um, Russ, one of the best quarterbacks in football. Like, I've said that about a lot of these guys, but that's just – you know what you're getting with Russell Wilson. He's a guy that he – can lead a team to a title. It's about what, you know, what's being put around him, what, um, you know, what, how, how the rest of the team's doing the run game, um, Chris Carson, Rashad Penny. Um, They uh, got some other guys on the roster, like Alex Collins, Um, you know, the running game. I don't think it's going to be a focal point for them considering um you know, the, the pass options that they have, but I think it's a pretty solid group that can get it done. And especially in this passing league, it definitely is passable. Um, You look at the targets, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, one of the best duos in football. Um, They're drafty Dwayne Eskridge. I was a big fan of his out of, um, I believe it was Western Michigan. After that, the depth um, falls off a little bit, Uh, but you know, you got Freddie Swain and, it's all about if they can stay healthy, it doesn't matter. But, you know, if those guys get hurt, that's where you kind of are walking into some interesting territory. Um, they upgraded the offensive line big time. I like getting Gabe Jackson. I, You know, it's still not incredible, but I think, you know, just continuing to improve it um, is big in terms of keeping Russell Wilson upright um, and being able to play the game that they want. Offense overall is, you know, pretty good. You know what you're getting, I think trying to game plan for DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and just the incredible playmaking of Russell Wilson. Um, it, you know, it's going to give you some fits and I think it's one of their a team as well, kind of similar to um, Arizona and the construction of their team is very different, but in that, I think you're we're going to see some games where they're going into shootouts scoring 40, 50, and there are going to be a couple games where they just struggle. It's just kind of the nature um, you know, the ebbs and flows of the season, but overall, a lot to like on that offense, and the defense, you know, we're not in the days of the legion of boom, but I still think there's a lot to like. um front seven, you mentioned they brought over Carrie Hyder. um you got Puna Ford and Alwoods up the middle. Um, obviously, when you look at you when you think of this defense before you know, maybe some people think of Blitzboy first just because of that phenomenal nickname. um, but if Bobby Wagner in the middle of that defense, you can't can't get much better than that um. Jordan Brooks, their former first rounder, um, looking to find some sustained success. Um, you go to the DBs, and it's not—it's not great. Um, Jamal Adams, you know, you can make fun of him all you want, and I, I will. You know, I'll—I'll I'll join you in it. But what he, you know, what he does in terms of uh, against the run as a pass rusher, it's legit. So you know, in and of itself, that's good. But if he really wants to be. The elite of the elite and have that conversation for best cornerback in the league or not cornerback safety in the league. Um, he has to improve in pass coverage, and I think it's possible. I think if he's healthy, um, you know, in just another year on this team, I think he can get more comfortable. I think it's possible. Um, but past that, you look at they drafted Trey Brown, um, brought in Pierre to see her, they got Trey Flowers, uh, Michaela Weatherspoon, um uh yeah i, I also failed to mention quandary digs as well um i don't know like dbs it's just it's it's not horrible like i don't think um i don't know There we've seen some horrible db groups i don't think this is like bad 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 um but it's definitely a bit of a weakness especially in a division with some super talented wide receivers um that's the great thing about this division is i think a lot of these teams are talented defensively and so we see some games that are going to end like 17 to 13, but then we also get classics um, that are in the 40s. So shout out the NFC West in general. Um, And this Seahawks team, I think, pretty safe bet to make the playoffs at uh, 12 and five.
0: Next up, I have the Rams winning the division, and I think this team is so good. There's not a lot that they can't do, and I think their offense last year was – pretty mediocre jared goff stemming off of um genius sean mcveigh but then you give him a guy like matt stafford and there is unlimited potential to this offense because matthew stafford can do things that jared goff has never dreamed of doing and you know uh stafford's gonna have some big time targets now in cooper cup deshaun jackson tyler higby His offensive line, look, the the Rams offensive line looks a little bit worse than it has in previous years, but Stafford's never really had a stellar line when he has, when he was with the Lions. So, excuse me, I'm not too worried about that. Um, I do think Cam Akers was a pretty big blow for him. He looked like kind of an up and coming rookie, but I think, um, I I don't know if I had predicted already, but I think Marlon Mack to the Rams is a serviceable trade. And um, if not, Henderson will get the job done. I think he watching him last year, he was not a bad running back by any means, but the offense is less of what I'm worried about. I think this defense is so good. I think they, they have some holes, but you know, you throw Aaron Donald best in my opinion, best defensive player of all time, no shade to Lawrence Taylor, but the stuff we've seen Aaron Donald do, I don't think we've ever seen before Jalen Ramsey, probably the best cornerback in the league. Um, especially in that man coverage spot the, the, when the Rams run man coverage, it's, it's so hard to, to get a guy open, even if it's a stellar route runner and like Devonte Adams or someone like that, it's, it's so hard to create real offense there. And then they have, um, rising star Darius Williams, who made some really athletic plays last year. And I think he could be a, a good cornerback for years to come. Um, and then, other than that, I guess Leonard Floyd's pretty good. But other than that, this defense is fairly average. But just because of how good those guys are, uh, I think this defense could very well be top ten, top five. Um, but but the Rams are they're so good, and I think um, adding adding a guy like Matt Stafford to this offense, it, it just makes them much more versatile and a lot more of a nightmare to face now that you don't have Jared Goff being saved by a scheme and just running in the play action.
1: Yeah, this is – that was easily – I mean, it was. It felt like it was the first move of what you'd call the offseason this year. I think it was probably the best um, is getting Matthew Stafford with Sean McVay. I think it's really a match made in heaven. Matthew Stafford goes from, you know, a horrible situation – um in Detroit and he gets to go to an incredible coach in Sean McVay and Sean McVay gets a really good quarterback as opposed to Jared Goff and I mean look Jared Goff was the number one pick so it's not like he didn't have talent but a bona fide guy like Matthew Stafford looking for a great opportunity I love it um I think Stafford is gonna be awesome and I don't you know I I think there's no reason that he can't be one of the best quarterbacks in football period like I don't I don't see a reason why we can't be talking about Matthew Stafford finishing top five ish top five, you know, maybe top 10, uh, in MVP voting could because this offense is awesome. Um, Cooper cup, Robert Woods, uh, Van Jefferson. That's a pretty good three. Um, and then you got it tight end Tyler Higby watch out for, um, their fourth rounder this year too, Jacob Harris, uh, you know, at that kind of he's a little bit of a tweener of wide receiver, tight end. And then the offensive line, it's still super good with Whitworth, um, Austin Corbett, Rob Havenstein, uh, still got it done running back wise. Unfortunate for them that Cam Akers is going to miss the year with injury, uh, but they can get by with Daryl Henderson, um, even seventh rounder, Jake Funk, uh, Xavier Jones, you can get by with that group. Um, not ideal that cams hurt and, you know, definitely affects the team, but I I, I don't think it's, uh, it's totally killer. And overall, I just think Stafford to cup and Roberts is going to be absolutely money. Also, I I failed to mention Deshaun Jackson, who they added to, I think that adds a nice layer to the offense. Um, I think it's going to be an awesome offense and the defense um, you mentioned on paper, it's a little less, um, bulletproof than what it feels like the Rams defense usually trots out. But that's the thing. Holes are filled when you have Aaron Donald, who's the best defender in football and you have the best cornerback in football, Jalen Ramsey. Um, The D line, you know, largely because of Donald is awesome. You got him, A'shaun Robinson, Sebastian Joseph day, um, Leonard Floyd. There's a lot to like there. Um, Linebackers, not you know, not great. They drafted Ernest Jones in the third round. Um. Oh, I also forgot. I for, I totally forgot about um Tutu Atwell. Uh, I'm just thinking back. Um, on the offense, Tutu Atwell they took I believe with their second or third rounder. Um, you know, the stand up linebacker is not great. But then when you have <laughs> Jalen Ramsey on that back half, um, they lost uh, John Johnson the third to free agency. But you got guys like Taylor Rapp, Jordan Fuller that can step up. We saw Darius Williams have a breakout year last year to take that second cornerback spot. Uh, I think David Long is not a bad backup cornerback either that can fill the role. So, you know, like I said, on paper, it might not be the best of the best defenses, but when you factor in the Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey effect, it will end up being a top 10, top five defense. Um, and I think that ultimately culminates 13 wins in a division win. Um,
0: awards. Let's do division awards. Awards MVP Russell Wilson. Um, I've already talked about it. I think with this new scheme, he'll be able to kind of have, um, a more consistent year. Kind of, kind of be able to to have a little bit more staying power through seventeen games. And uh, I think whether or not with positional value, I think he's the best player in the division. Is he the most talented player in the division? No, but he is the most valuable. Um, offensive player of the year, DeAndre Hopkins, I think just because of how few other targets there are on that Cardinals roster but and his and Kyler Murray's connection, I think he is absolutely the offensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald, no explanation needed. Comeback player of the year, Nick Bosa. I think he was stellar his rookie year. He was so good. And I just think he would have been... He, he would have given the Niners multiple more wins had he not gotten hurt so early. So I think Nick Bosa is definitely my favorite candidate for comeback player of the year. Offensive rookie of the year, I have Trey Lance assuming he goes in and plays. I would not be surprised if he sits out the whole year, but um, I, I think they'll, they'll take over. I think Trey Lance will take over somewhere around the midpoint through the season. And I think he will look really good. Defensive rookie of the year, Trey Brown, Um, he's that, that Seahawks cornerback I was talking about that kind of smaller guy who's, who's really good in coverage, but, uh, he, he's not great against those, um, bigger deep ball contested catch guys. And I think, um, his frame would concern me, but watching how similar he is to our other cornerback, DJ Reed and how similar of a play style he is. I, I think he could definitely end up being the best defensive rookie in this division, Offensive breakout player of the year. I couldn't choose between Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. So I just said 49ers receivers. I think especially when Trey Lance goes in, I think those two are going to look really good with the, the arm talent that Trey Lance has deep. I think Debo Samuel is going to look because Debo Samuel is more that deep threat. And then Ayuk is kind of after the catch kind of guy um, Debo Samuel on that, on that deeper, I think with with Trey Lance's deep arm talent is going to look really good. But I I can't choose between either of the Niners' receivers. Defensive Breakout Player of the Year, I have Jordan Brooks for Seattle. He's um paired alongside with Bobby Wagner. I, he's a good tackler, but he's an even better coverage guy. And with how well he looked during his his limited share of snaps in his rookie year, I think he'll def I think he could end up becoming the best linebacker in that class. I was. A little skeptical when Seattle drafted him, but based on watching him in 2020, I think Jordan Brooks could definitely be that defensive breakout player of the year. Coach of the year, Sean McVay. I think he could definitely be considered the best coach in the league. And then now that you're giving him a guy like Matt Stafford, I think that's really going to shine. So those are my award predictions for the NFC West. All
1: right. So this is our last division. And I think why not, um, you know, have some fun with it, stir some controversy, disagree a little bit. My MVP is going to be Matt Stafford because I think Russell Wilson's incredible. And I think Russell Wilson's going to continue to do incredible things. But I think that Matthew Stafford is just going to be on another planet um, with this Rams offense. I think uh, obviously Russell more mobile. I think we could, you know, you could argue that that gives Russ a little bit of an edge if they have similar numbers. But I just think Matthew Stafford's going to be awesome. Um, so I'm gonna give him the MVP. Um, it's not to obviously say anything negative of Russell. Russell's incredible. Um, offensive player of the year, I'd give it to DeAndre Hopkins. I think you could look at someone like George Kittle as well. Um, I think DeAndre Hopkins is just one of the best non quarterbacks in the league, non quarterback offensive players in the league. Um, the guy can do it all. And I think, you know, if nothing else, he, he's their guy. We saw him single handedly win a football game for them on that uh Murray. Uh, So definitely, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, absolute baller. Defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald. I have absolutely no words. Um, Offensive rookie of the year, um, provided that he gets enough playing time, I'm taking Trey Lance. I've made pretty clear that I think Trey Lance is an absolute stud. Um, You know, just absolute baller. I think he's going to be awesome with Shanahan. Defensive rookie of the year. Couple guys you could look at, but I tend to like Zayvon Collins because uh, there's no one else that I I love. Um, but Collins, I think, he's going to get every opportunity to play and succeed in the Cardinals' defense. Offensive breakout player, I'm with you. I think you could really say um, I like a Debo Samuel. You could kind of cheat and say Matthew Stafford, but like, eh. Um, I'll go with Debo Samuel though. I think he's just primed for a breakout. If you, I mean, I think he's already you know, shown signs of a breakout, but I think if he can stay healthy, put together a full season um, to his full capabilities, it's going to be awesome. Defensive breakout player of the year, Sebastian Joseph Day, defensive lineman for the Rams, playing alongside the likes of Aaron Donald and uh, Jalen Ramsey produces breakouts. Um, and I think Sebastian Joseph Day is going to be the guy to help uh, or su- at least succeed with the Aaron Donald triple teams. Uh, comeback player of the year, George Kittle, um, after an up and down, you know, not very healthy 2020 season, I think he'll be right back to form as a top two tight end and then coach of the year got to be Sean McVay. Um, and yeah, I mean, my two big takeaways from this NFC West, my two big somewhat bold predictions is that Trey Lance plays at a rookie of the year or MVP-esque level once he's entered and that Matthew Stafford is a legit MVP candidate. Um, so yeah, that's the NFC West. Uh, anything else you want to hit on in this division, Jackson?
0: Um, I would just like to say that uh, even though we disagree on our MVP awards, I think as of right now, Matthew Stafford is the betting favorite for that MVP award. So I'll have the listener do as they will with that information.
1: Betting favorite for the overall MVP? Yes,
0: I I, yes. I think so. Last I checked, just just oh. because of he just because of how much better of a situation he's going to be in than anything. He was with the lions.
1: Is he, fa- if he's favorite over Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to need to find someone to go, you know, I think I he, he
0: might not, he might not be the number one favorite, but he is definitely, he's definitely up there.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Cause, but, but I thought last I checked, he was the number one.
1: Cause it, I, I mean, I just spent a lot of time. I can, I can that, fact check that Matthew right Patrick. now. But like, and you know, if that's the case, I might need to throw some money on Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, one of those guys. If that's what if that's what it is, that's that's yeah.
0: I'm I'm doing a little fact check on that right now.
1: Okay, so while you do that, I'm gonna I, we can start on our um, NFC playoff pictures. I have mine ready to go, so you can go. You can follow my. Oh, I, I I
0: was wrong. Mahomes is the Mahomes is the number one guy, but Stafford. Stafford definitely—he has better odds than Russ. He's—he's he's eighteen to one, and Russ is twenty to one. Okay. But I think—I think I saw somewhere that—that that he was at one point. But that—I might be blowing smoke here.
1: It's okay. It's okay.
0: I—I
1: <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. We're all—we're all good. We've been doing this for a long time. We indulge a lot of sports content. You know? Yes. Yes. Um. So the NFC playoff picture for me, um, the seven seed, the Dallas Cowboys, sneaking in at nine and eight. Um, San Francisco 49ers at 10 and seven for the six, uh, the Seattle Seahawks 12 and five capturing the five seed green Bay Packers. Um, I don't know if this tiebreaker is perfect, but the way the website that I used had the Packers as the four seed at 11 and six and the football team at, with the three seed at 11 and six. Um, then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, second at 13 and four and the Rams with the one seed at 13 and four, same thing. That's just, um how i believe my tiebreaker figured out and then i, I guess I will, I will afc wouldn't go every team but i will say that the team that i have representing the nfc is the rams i'm all in on the rams
0: so um my playoff picture i have the packers taking the one seed at 14 and three then the rams taking the two seed also at 14 and three bucks with the three seed at 13 and four and the Cowboys at the four seed at 11 and six. And then for the wild card spots, just copy and paste the rest of the NFC West. Seattle at 12 and five, Arizona at 10 and seven, and San Fran at 10 and seven. And then my, um, you said the Rams for your NFC representative? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking that too. I think the Rams are going to be in the Super Bowl.
1: So for those who didn't listen to the AFC, I'm going to, have you pause right now and go listen to the AFC, the first and the second. Um, so you do that right now. And okay, so now you're, you're back to this. You're just paused. You're here. You're back listening to us finishing up this one. Um, so you already just heard that my pick is the Chiefs from the AFC. Jackson's is the Browns. So that sets up mine is Chiefs, Rams, in the Super Bowl. Um, his is Browns, Rams.
0: That is correct.
1: And you have you have the Browns winning it all, correct. I do. And I, do. I also have the chiefs winning it all. so we we have our different AFC representatives beating our same NFC. Um, so that's our season predictions. Do you have
0: um, any league awards we want to go over? do we wanna um, I, I I do have league awards if we want to touch on. If you don't have any that's if you don't have any made, that's fine, but i do I do have league awards. Um I do.
1: have them if we want to go through them. I have MVP offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, comeback, offensive rookie, defensive rookie,
0: and coach of the year. So yeah, I have I have those plus breakout.
1: Okay. Um, so for league MVP, I'm taking I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I just don't see from a prediction standpoint how you can't take what I see as the most talented and the best quarterback in football it doesn't always work out that way in terms of who we end up actually seeing winning MVP, but, um, I don't know how you can't pick my I, I have my runners up as Lamar Jackson and Matthew Stafford.
0: Um, yeah, my, uh, my NFL MVP is Josh Allen. I think he is the closest thing we're seeing to that 2015 Cam Newton, which is that, that big quarterback frame, big arm, good runner. Um, I I think he has, I think he is super talented, tons of untapped potential, potential, sorry, that we haven't seen yet. And I think he breaks out this year and wins the MVP. My runners up are Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes.
1: And then offensive player of the year, which is essentially for those who might be confused about the difference between MVP and offensive player of the year, basically best non quarterback is the best way that I would describe it. Um, And for that, I was up and I was back and forth, but I'm taking Derrick Henry. It's going to be hard to repeat, especially considering the, um, you know, them adding Julio Jones. I think they could go a little more to the past game, but the guy's just an absolute menace and he's a guaranteed, you know, he's guaranteed to have a couple 200 yard games against like the Jaguars and Texans. Um, so he's my pick with runners up being Deandre Hopkins and Alvin Kamara.
0: So I have Kamara taking this award and I, I think the only reason I don't have, I think Henry's a better running back, but I think the only reason I'm giving the edge to Kamara is just the touches, the difference in touches both of them are getting. Derrick Henry is pretty much guaranteed to go down in touches after. Um, I think defenses are going to look to game plan him more than the passing game. And now that they've added Julio Jones, I think, um, Absolutely, he's going to get less touches. And then Alvin Kamara, with his only real other star player on that offense being out for the first few weeks of the season, they're going to rely on him. I think, like I said earlier, I bet he puts up a 1,000-1,000 season similar to what McCaffrey did in 2019. Um, Runners-up, I have same, Derek Henry and DeAndre Hopkins.
1: I'm pretty much on the same page on that one, just flip-flopping Henry and Kamara. Uh, defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald, He's just so good. Like, I don't, like, what more is there to say? He's incredible. Um, think some runners-up, Khalil Mack, Jair Alexander.
0: So, I also have Aaron Donald. Safe prediction. You know, he, he, he seems to always win Defensive Player of the Year, except my runners-up are Miles Garrett and TJ Watt.
1: Yeah. Um, comeback Player of the Year, I think it's going to be Dak Prescott. I think, if nothing like, it's just, it's an award about coming back from adversity, injury, and playing super well. I think Dak Prescott will be a top 10, top five quarterback in the league coming back from that gruesome injury. Um, I mean, I think you could see someone like Joe Burrow
0: also coming back from a similar
1: injury, but definitely Dak Prescott.
0: Uh, I also have Dak Prescott. However, there's so many predictions that I would agree with just based on how there was such an ungodly amount of season ending injuries last year. You you could choose Saquon, CMC, Derwin James, Bosa, Kittle, Kittle, guys like that i think i think dak prescott wins it though just because of the offensive system that he's in and i think ty goes a little bit to quarterback in in most award situations so so i'm giving it to dak prescott yep
1: offensive rookie of the year um trevor lawrence i i don't i think the biggest thing is that i know trevor lawrence is gonna you know assuming he stays healthy is that he's playing the most games i said it if trey lance played the full season he'd be my pick but i don't think he will so i have Lawrence winning the award with Trey Lance and Najee Harris is my runner-ups.
0: Uh, I have Justin Fields winning the offensive rookie of the year. I think he comes in for the Bears and plays stellar. Uh, I think his his ball placement is really going to lead this team to, oh, actually, I think, now that I think about it, because I think I predicted the Bears at 11 and six, I think I have uh, the Niners missing the playoffs then. So I think he's going to lead, the, the Bears to the playoffs at 11-6, and six. Um, I, I think his ball placement is just so good for this team. And I have runners-up being Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance. Got you. Um, defensive Rookie of the Year. It's interesting,
1: and I'm going to, uh, I don't know, against my better judgment, because I just had a hard time thinking of who I really like for this award, I'm going to take a rookie cornerback. Patrick Sertan, the second, um, I think he's going to have a great year. I think there are a lot of, you know, they have pretty good DBs in, uh, Denver. And I think a a lot of his time at Alabama teams didn't throw his way because of what he had to offer now in the NFL, um, as a rookie, I think teams are going to throw at him a decent amount. Um, and I think he's going to have opportunity to make some plays, grab some interceptions and stuff. Um, so against the Jackson Powers mandate of rookie cornerback struggling, I'm taking Patrick Sertan the second. Um, runner up uh, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa.
0: Yeah, I have I have Pay winning this one. I think he is a stellar edge rusher, and I think he uses his hands just as good as any other edge rusher out of this class. And I think um, paired up with who he's with on that defensive line, I think Quiddy Pay is uh, definitely my favorite for this award. And I think my runners up are Micah Parsons and like Jeremy said, JOK.
1: That's what the, I think. Defensive rookie of the year is such an interesting um, run this year because there what this draft class didn't have a dominant edge pass pass rushing force like you know like a Chase Young and those guys typically have the inside track because you know racking up sacks getting that award it's a it's weird. Um, and then coach of the year is the last one that I have, and I have Brandon Staley for the Chargers. Um, I think taking the Chargers to the playoffs, which I have him doing uh, would merit coach of the year coming from the Sean McVay tree, um, who I have as the runner up, Sean McVay. I I think it just makes a lot of
0: sense. I have Brandon Staley. I, for coach of the year, I was having a hard time deciding between Stefanski and McVay, but I think last year we really saw, excuse me, how good Stefanski was last year. And I think Um, considering a little bit of voter fatigue, I'm giving the edge to McVeigh, especially since I think there was kind of that McVeigh era where we viewed him as like that Belichick type. He's going to be the greatest coach of all time. And then he kind of started to fall off as the Rams got a little bit worse. And I think he was just as good of a coach. I think it was more problems with the depth chart. And I think that that coach of that kind of stellar coaching is going to come out again with Matthew Stafford. And so I have Um, Matthew Stafford, making him look good and giving him coach of the year with Stefanski as the runner up.
1: Awesome. And I mean, I didn't, I didn't put down for league offensive and defensive breakout player of the
0: year, but uh, I'm glad to hear yours. So my offensive breakout player of the year is JK Dobbins for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I think JK Dobbins is so good. The touches he got last year, he, he really showed out. He's, he's so elusive. He can break tackles at a high level. Um, I, I don't think he's going to get quite enough touches that maybe he would, if he was in a a different offensive system, just because of how much Lamar Jackson runs. And I think, uh, it kind of looks like Gus Edwards is going to get a bulk of those goal line carries. So I don't think he'll be surpassing more than five, six, seven touchdowns, but, um, I think he averages five yards per carry or more and do not be surprised if you see 12 to 1300 yards out of JK Dobbins. He's my breakout player of the year. Defensive breakout player of the year touched on him a little bit earlier, but I think Jordan Brooks for Seattle is, is really going to break out to an elite linebacker level. Um, pairing with Bobby Wagner, Bobby Wagner is like one of the best tacklers of all time, but his, his past coverage has really shown to be iffy at times and, and Jordan Brooks pairs well with that because he is, in my opinion, he's that best, he's the best coverage linebacker out of that class. And I think if he can break out to his full potential, I think he'll be really crucial to Seattle's defense
1: sounds good. Um, that was a lot overall. If you listen to all of this, um, good for you. You're like us. You don't have anything better to do than to listen and talk about football. Um, but really we appreciate you guys, um, for listening to all of this, um, this episode of the red shirt podcast and these four episodes. Um, I can't thank you enough Jackson for joining me on this. Um, couldn't have done it without you.
0: Well, I'm I'm glad to be here.
1: I'm we're we're glad to have you. You'll, you guys will see plenty of Jackson through the NFL season, I'm sure. Um, reminders: if you didn't already know, check out the blog theredshirt.blog uh, or theredshirtwebsite.com. Uh, the Instagram at the redshirt that's where I'm posting when there are new blogs, new podcasts. We'll so spend the links to everything, um, as well as the Twitter at the redshirt blog posting. Sports takes sometimes remembering to post links to new podcasts and blog posts. Um, And if you're listening to this, you guys certainly know uh, that the podcast can be found by searching the red shirt podcast on Spotify. And we'll see you guys next time. Not for a part five of this. We're done this, you know, the last three episodes you've seen, you'll hear, you'll see us for the next part. You're done seeing us for this. Um, But we'll see you guys next time. Uh, Peace out.